Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and happy Thursday, and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Jonathan Casillas, John Schmelk, you on the phones at 201-939-4513. And don't forget, Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved, zero never tasted so good. JC, we're getting ready for a playoff game. Got to be excited about this, Schmelk. How can you not be? Got to be excited. I see you doing a lot of videos and stuff, getting ready for this week. We're rocking and rolling. Feeling good, man. There's a lot of teams at home. The Giants are not one of them. That is correct. The Giants are one of the, wait, how many teams in the playoffs now? Seven in each conference, right? <laughs> Seven. So one of the 14 teams still playing football. So rocking and rolling here, JC. Uh, you know, Howard and I kind of took a look at the first game against the Vikings on Tuesday. I broke down what I thought was kind of significant. Um, what are your thoughts about, I guess we'll start broadly, and then I can kind of dig into what you say. What is this game going to look like from a broader perspective, how the Giants going to approach it? Game plan-wise, both sides, same for the Vikings. And and how do you think this thing's going to look when these two teams play on Sunday afternoon? Well, we, we spoke about this the first time they played, that these are two teams that play close games. You know, they both teams that won a lot of close games. The Vikings record-setting, I think, is 11, right? 11, 11 wins within uh, one score. And the Giants are not too far behind with eight and maybe three losses and one the one draw, of course. But these are teams that... Keep the game close. And, and by it, the way, that tie ended up helping them. Because most of that tie, they'd be playing the Niners and the Seahawks would be playing the Vikings. Right, right. Yeah. See, yeah. tie was good. <laughs> the tie was, was good. good. Tie was good. And, <laughs> and, you know, this is how I see it going. It's going to go one of two ways. Keep it close, and then it, I think it can go either way. But if, if look, if the Giants can come out and play their A game, like I feel like they did against the Colts, and they had, look, they lost last week. That was a loss. But that was the first time that I've seen in a long time, and maybe ever, that a team lost and it wasn't preseason, and it didn't look like they lost. The faces didn't look like they lost. The sideline didn't look like they lost. And I heard afterwards in the locker room, it didn't look like they lost. It did not. And and that's huge. That means they have momentum. Remember the whole thing was, do they have momentum going in because they're resting their starters? And yes, they do have momentum. You know, you've seen Kenny Galladay score a touchdown. 
How amazing was that? I was like, oh, I got, I got so excited. First of all, it was an incredible catch. It was. And then I loved afterwards how he just basically gave all the credit to Davis Webb, and he made sure that he gave him his congratulations. And look, you know, I, I was out with them when they won, the, you know, the game, and I was hang, talking to Kenny Galladay a little bit, and I, I have a greater appreciation for this team because this is a team. This is a family, as Kayvon Thibodeau alluded to a few months ago. This is a family. And look, I I got a lot of hope, and they're going to go in this game and play well. My only question is the lack of experience, especially in the playoffs. Does that bother you? Very much is none. I mean, it can it can be a problem where somebody shows up and you know just doesn't perform how they normally perform, i.e. Odell Beckham Jr. back in 2016. Look, Odell, I've never seen him drop a pass. He dropped three passes in that game against, against the Packers. You know, and I, was the was it too big for him? I don't know. Was the boat trip had something to do with it? But you got to think, Odell's a— And no one got on boats this week, by the way, just uh, yeah. for the record. <laughs> but the reason why I say that because, you know, it, it can. It can be a factor. Or these guys might be too young and dumb to even understand that they're in the playoffs in the biggest game of their lives, which would be a great thing. That would be a great thing. Do you think this game will look similar <laughs> to the first one and the Giants are going to try to pass to win, or do you think we'll see a more balanced attack? That first matchup— 52 passes or 52 dropbacks for the Giants, 17 called running plays. Do you think that's going to look similar, or do you think they're going to try to be a little bit more balanced? I think they're going to try to be more balanced. I feel like to to to, to dominate this team and, and to, to attack this Vikings team, I still feel like you got to run the ball against them. You know, and yes, this team is, is a good team. You know, they got 12 wins for a reason, right? 12 wins? They got yeah, twelve, sure. they, right, 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 something like that. They got twelve <laughs> wins for a reason. But look, you know, they they did what they were supposed to do. They won a lot of close games, you know, and they won their division. And look, they could have, they would, they could have had the number one seed. You know, a couple plays go their way, a couple bounces go their way. You know, so this is a quality team. And if you look at their roster, their roster is tremendously talented. And I spoke about this the first time they played them. I think they were a little bit of an underachieving team, especially defensively, because they got guys, they got studs. That hasn't changed. They gave a lot of yards though dude i know throughout the year so i'm saying this is an underachieving group you mm-hmm. know like the the giants are an overachieving group yeah you know you look at the both rosters maybe defensively you can match those names up with giants being a little bit younger and youthful on that side but look you, the, the 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 vikings got guys man they got one of the best receivers in the league if not the best receiver in the league one of the best tight ends in the league one of the best running backs in the league kirk cousins always up there in qbr every single year you know and he's proven he's a proven winner got a team to the playoffs multiple times won a playoff game you know so these guys are proven these guys on defense on defense they're solid too but they just haven't had the numbers this year to support them but they got the guys though Patrick Peterson, twenty-two, like the, the Zadarius, like they got guys, bro. They got Pro Daniel Bowl Hunter. players, you know. And Daniel Hunter gave us problems last time. Yep, Dude, Evan Neal's got to play better. He has to, and and that was probably one of my go-to's in the the way the Giants will have success is I feel like look, I think the 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 offensive line have been better throughout the year. I think the continuity has has pro, uh, progressed as the year has went on, but Evan Neal. The last, I, I went, of course, I went back to watch the game, and it was one rush where Daniil Hunter did it like a counter spin move, and Evan Neal fell on the ground. That clearly, to me, is that he's hurt. Because athletes in the NFL, they don't be on the ground. They never on the ground unless they're hurt or unless they don't deserve to be in the league. And, and, he, and we don't think that's He definitely deserves no, to be in the right. league, and I just think he's hurt. So hopefully 
some time has went on, you know, since he's last suited up and he's a little bit healthier. I, I don't know, but he has to perform better. And he did play the first half against Philly last week. So. Because they look, the Vikings are watching the film again. They know exactly what worked. And, and now they off, they also have a couple old linemen out. You know, so mm-hmm. their right tackle Brian O'Neill for, not going to play, and they might get their starting center back though, Garrett Bradbury. We'll see about that. And and but this game is going to be one of the trenches. Yeah, they, we uh, the Giants got a really good running back, and the receivers are coming along, and then Justin Jefferson is there, and yeah, the 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 the, the big plays are probably going to be there, but the game is going to be running the trenches. How well you can you protect the quarterback, and how well can you stop the run with your defensive line? Yeah, and you know Cousins threw for nearly 300 yards in that game. Jefferson goes for 140, Hawkinson for 110. But here's the funny thing, Jonathan. I I'll take that. It you know, yeah. He got they got yards, but a lot of it came at the end. They didn't allow big plays over the top. The Vikings only had one pass play of 20 plus yards. That was Justin Jefferson for 25. So it's not like they were making these big plays down the field. It took Jefferson 12 catches to get to that yard amount, right? It was smaller chunks. And it was, was later in the game, it too. It was smaller pieces. It wasn't big chunks. And I think if the Giants can prevent the Vikings from getting those big chunk plays, and I'm going to throw Dalvin Cook in the run game there as well because he's got all that speed, I think that was an underrated part of that game against the Vikings. Everyone talked about how the Giants passed the ball a lot. They moved the ball. That's great. And the Vikings got, you know, they over 350 yards of offense. They had a good game. But they had to work for everything. Their stuff didn't come easy. Like, I talked to Chris Sims on the Giants Little Podcast, and he goes, yeah, you know, the feel was that the Giants just moved the ball, but when the Vikings made a play, it was like, oh, yeah, we made a play. And it just seemed <laughs> a lot harder for Minnesota yeah. to do it than the Giants did in that game. Yeah, and I think that's how the Vikings are, you know. And, and if you take away Justin Jefferson, the Vikings aren't a good football team. You know, they definitely don't have 12 wins. They definitely don't win a division. 13. 13 wins? I thought I was close. I was close. No, I, I, was close. I, think, I think you said 13 the first time. I, I think you're right the I first said. time. He said 12. <laughs> I no, did I'm say kidding. 12. But th- this is, look, th- Justin Jefferson is a quality top dog, a big dog. And that's what I've been talking about the Giants need. They need a Justin Jefferson type of player. Every single team needs yeah. a Justin oh, yeah. Jefferson type of player. Well, so let me ask you, what, what, I don't, I'm sorry for interrupting. No, go ahead. What, what's your approach against him then? Because I think what we saw a lot in that other game was – if there wasn't a safety over the top, it was really soft coverage. Yep. And we saw that one. And you saw about Giants defensively. <laughs> yeah, Giants right. defensively against the Vikings. When that one play, they were on cover three, so Fabian Moreau, nothing over the top. And he gave Jefferson like a 15-yard cushion to the point where he caught an uncontested pass, right? like 18-yard yeah. out. You can't do that. Definitely not. <laughs> but for most plays, they tried to have a safety over the top on that side. Uh, and frankly, even on that the, the, the touchdown to give the Vikings the lead in that game, or to tie the game, I should say, there was two men, two and you yep. had the safety over the top, yeah. and he still won. So, you know, what's your approach to Jefferson, and at what point do you have to worry about, all right, well, then Thielen's on an island, Hawkinson's on an island. You could tell earlier in that game, they were trying to get Hawkinson in matchups. They were trying oh, to they, that. I mean, that was part he, of their he game killed, plan. He killed the Giants all game, you know, and I think uh, even Wink talked about it this week that they didn't do a good job against Hawkinson. So I think that's, for, for me, when you talk about the front seven, the front seven takes care of Hawkinson. Right, the defensive line jams him whenever they they you know they're lined up and he's in line. Now that's gonna slow your pass rush down though. Yeah, but that, that's okay because okay. I think that's when you got a tight end like that that, that, that he killed the Giants nah, last he's, time. He's he, a really he, really he, he good really player. good. He had a really career high player. thirteen catches last uh, last game, and he's a guy that's played a lot of football, so that says a lot. And they focused on them. And look, when when you go back and look, of course you watch the game over, so you see what worked and what the Giants are susceptible to. So I think number one priority is to stop the two main targets, which 
Number one was Hawkinson, and then number two was Justin Jefferson. Now, Justin Jefferson is a guy who we saw from last time they played. He can break the game open at any time, you know, and you got to account for him at all times. And I think Dalvin Cook is a quality running back. I really do. But he's not going to break the game open. Well, the Vikings don't want to run. run it. The coach wants to throw the ball. The Giants have been leaky with the yardage in, in terms of rushing yardage, giving up over five yards of carry the entire season. Yep. But they haven't been destroyed on the ground besides the Philadelphia Eagles game, if I'm not mistaken. So I think you make sure you take away or do a good job. And I wouldn't say take him away because I, I don't think you can actually take away Justin Jefferson. Limit him. How but if you, you can, him? if you can <laughs> – you will do what the what the Packers did, and you will beat the brakes off the Vikings if you can take away Justin Jefferson, which is almost impossible to do. But if you can do it, you have a great chance of winning this game. All right, two other things I want to touch on you because this is more X's and O's stuff, and I'll, I'll do more you know bigger picture stuff at Lance tomorrow when I'm on with him. I thought both these teams' defensive defenses, Jonathan, broke a lot of their tendencies in this first game, and 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 here's what I mean by that: the Giants have been one of the heaviest man defenses all year, right? They played a ton of man all year. They played a lot of zone in this game. You know, PFF tracks how much of each type of coverage a team will play in each game. In that game, in the first game against the Vikings, the Giants played zero seven times, which is about where they're usually at. They only played cover one 8% of the time in that game. They're usually at 30 for oh, most wow. games. Okay, That's a tendency breaker. They were in cover three only 17% of the time. And usually that's their counter, right? You're either a man or you're covered through a single high. They were in quarters 22% of the time, and they played cover six 30% of the time. So it was a lot of zone defense. And I think when I... Rolling up to Jefferson. Yeah, exactly. And then when I watched the game over on Tuesday morning, one thing I noticed... In a lot of these situations, the Vikings were calling man beaters. And and for fans I don't understand, there's certain route combinations that work better against man than zone. Yep. A lot of crossing routes. Yep, against you man. know, mm-hmm. meshes, and that's what you want to do against man. And a lot of those plays, Kirk Cousins is dropping back. You got guys crisscrossing in the field. It sets up natural picks, natural rubs, and it's just hard for to cover a guy all the way across the field. The but man. the Giants are in hard. zone. But the Giants were in zone. Yeah. And then Kurt had to hold the ball. He was a little confused. You get a sack. He doesn't complete the pass. So I thought in that way the Giants broke their tendencies – and the Vikings, on the other hand, they were a team heading into that game, Jonathan, that played cover one only about 15% of the time. They rolled it out 30% of the time against the Giants in that first game, and they played much more single-high stuff and much fewer instances of their two-high safety stuff, which is what they predominantly have done over the course of the year. And my guess, the reason for that, they said, we're not afraid of these Giants wide receivers. We're going to trust to play single-high. We'll trust to play more man, but... Richie James beat Chandon Sullivan in the slot a lot. Isaiah Hodgins did well against Patrick Peterson. Especially in the first half, yeah. 100%. So I'm curious to see if these two defenses kind of go back to their roots. The Giants with more man. Remember, Adoree Jackson could be back. McKinney could be back. They haven't ruled Adoree up or down yet, no, right? No, okay. he is not. But obviously McKinney I've been play. paying attention, Correct. but I didn't hear anything nope. yet about still, okay. still, Still up in the air. So will they go back to more man with those guys back? And will the Vikings... Given how well the Giants passed the ball on them in that first game, 
Will they go back to more too high stuff, which is kind of what their defense is more designed for? Your thoughts? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I don't really know because, like you said, that was a complete like change-up pitch that the that Wink Martindale did, and then also the Vikings defensive coordinator. But I think when you look back at the film, Ed Donatel, by the way, and yep. and you see what worked for your team, and you see the weaknesses and the strengths of the offensive line or defensive line, whatever it is, I think that's what you attack. So when I look at Minnesota's defense, I think they're going to attack Evan Neal the entire day. I would, that's what I would do. In fact, and what? By the way, I just don't want to throw Neil under the bus. The whole from the center to the right tackle on that side of the defense, right. it was a struggle. Yeah, the Giants in that but, first but game. But that's what I would. That's what I would do. You know, and 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 it, look, the the Giants have been improving. You know, I feel like Evan Neal because I think because he's injured. You know, I think the only reason why he hasn't improved because it's hard to improve when the reason why you're playing poorly or not so well is because you're hurt. You know, and he doesn't really have that much time. Like you said, he still played in the Eagles game. So that's what I would do if I was a Vikings defense coordinator. I would mix it up, definitely play some man, definitely blitz, definitely cause some confusion over there. Yeah, they, they, they didn't they only blitz 25% of the time in that first game. It wasn't a lot and, of blitzes. But even, like, look, and I hate to be so, like, kind of pointing at one person in Evan Neal, but, like, you know, he I watch a lot of film. <laughs> you know, I watch the games with the audio, too. So it's like... He gets penalties as well, Schmelk. It's not just like he gives up some sacks. Like he, he's a lot of mental errors and some mistakes. Yeah, so a couple of false starts you, you in wanna, that game. You want to fluster him, and you want to get that fluster, get flustered early because I don't think there's no flustering Daniel Jones. You know, like no. you're not getting him flustered. You know what I mean? Like, Well, he's a robot. Ro- you know, robots don't get flustered. A hundred percent. So it's like <laughs> the best thing you can do is fluster the offensive line who has kind of been the liability for most of the season for the Giants. That's I think that's because of injuries though. And with and, the noise in the and building the and all that stuff. That yeah, go yeah, yeah. that went along on the offensive line. That's what I would do if I was the Vikings defensive coordinator. Now on the, on the other hand for the Giants, I think I spoke about it a little bit. I think you take away Justin Jefferson and you do a better job against Hawkinson because look when it when the plays break down or if the quarterback can't get the ball down the field, he's going to go to the closest targets and the closest targets are usually the tight end and the running back. And that's what you're going to do. So Giants, the Giants have a really good tight end in Bellinger, and then you also have a really good running back in in, in Saquon Barkley. Same thing for uh, the Vikings, and the Vikings exposed the Giants last time with Hawkinson. And I feel like now that Landon Collins is back, and he had that tremendous play on the sideline against Hawkinson, which was like, I mean, I was standing up, like you know, screaming when he made that play. In fairness, the pass was a little bit late and behind, and then and Landon got like two fingers on it. <laughs> Hey, but he hey. Made a nice play. Hey, he got his head around. Like though, they right? say, a win's a win. And look, but a win's he, a win. He got he, he could have easily <laughs> just run into Hawkinson and committed a penalty. Right. He got his head around, located the ball, and knocked it away. It and nice he's play. been playing really well. And then I, I I look at last game and and I like the way Jared Davis played at middle linebacker for yeah. for the New York Giants. It's so. Funny, I talked to him in the locker room yesterday, and he's like, "Yo, man, this is like my third game against the Vikings this year." He's remember he was with the Lions. Ah. He's super familiar with that team. Oh, so look for him to play. Yeah, a me and him talked a lot middle. about Cousins and how you can kind of fluster him a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, that's I, I got good, good to have him, him here. I, 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 sometimes my brain don't be working like that. But when I look, when I watch the games, you know, I, I try not to be biased, you know, but like because I watch it being a Giants, you know, broadcast of guy, course. you know what I mean? But I try to watch it like how I used to watch film, you know, just kind of seeing what I see and, and, and just kind of like taking it as an overall uh, view of it. And then I watch some plays to focus on certain things, you know, and this Vikings team is tremendously talented. Tremendously talented on offense and defense. But they make some mistakes. They make a lot of mistakes at times. 
you know, and they can be exposed. And vice versa, the Giants are very similar in that aspect. The Giants do make mistakes. When we talk about last game, two, two huge drops by,、uh, by Richie James. Huge drops. Those, those were catches. The Giants win, those, they win the game. No, it was just one drop for Richie, right? I, I don't want to put two on him. It、Wasn't、was it two. One? In my notes. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I thought it was、yeah. one. But he had one, and then Cordell Flott had the drop pick, which was also a bad one. Right, but, but Cordell Flott had an interception. He definitely had an interception that game. No, no, you, you he did not. He, no, he Mar- no, that got reviewed and called back. Oh, he got called back. Yeah, got、correct. you. Got you. Got they you. They called got it、you. a pick on the field. And then they reviewed it. And then they reviewed it. That's correct. You're right about that. No, you got me. You got me. But there were some mistakes that, look, the Giants. Have done mistakes on a consistent basis this year. And then I look at the season in totality and I look at the Colts game. It's like if they can play yeah,、sure. like they played against the Colts, they can go against any team. Beat any team? That's a good question. But to go into Minnesota and to have those mistakes and to basically, I feel like, do a good job on the best receiver in the league for three quarters. And then、yeah. he starts to take over at the end of the game. All of that to just win by a 61 yard field goal and regulation is like, look, man, I like my odds to go back down there and do that again. I agree. Richie James, a drop. We talked about the flat drop, the pick. We had the Fabian Moreau pick that got called back. Called back early.、Yep. Mm-hmm. We had the block punt. You had the Bellinger fumble. You had the Jones interception. Like, those are a lot of key mistakes. And like you said, it's still tied at the end. All right. I know I'm a little late getting to your calls. I will get to you, I promise. But I have two more. X's and O's linebacker related things I want to get to you with. This is the last time I'll have you before our pregame show on Sunday. I thought the Vikings did a nice job attacking the Giants' pressures with screens. They got Hawkinson with a couple of screens. I thought the Giants did a pretty good job on those quick throws with the wideouts, except for that one Jefferson play late in the game. But they got him with a couple of screens. And so take, cover that for me for the, for, the, for the Vikings' offense. And then I thought the Giants' offense. You know, the Vikings, I talk about them playing a lot of man to man, but they played a lot of this man and zone coverage with outside leverage. They forced all the players to the inside, but there were no linebackers to be found to help, except in that one Hodgins play at the end where they tried to squeeze it in. He got hit and he dropped the ball. But I thought the middle of the field for the Vikings was very vulnerable in that game. So, from a linebacker's perspective, can you talk about those two aspects of the game? Yeah.、Um, so, first off, I think what. Because of the offensive line struggles that the Vikings have had, I think that's a great way to go at this game to protect your quarterback, to give your offense some rhythm, to get some completions, just to throw some screens. You know, you got tremendous athletes out there at,、uh, at running back and also at receiver, and even at tight end. They threw, they threw a screen to the second string. I think they threw to Hawkinson. Tight end.、Yeah. It was a, the other tight end caught a screen、uh, right. on, on the Giants.、Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know his name. Yeah, but, I don't remember his name. That's okay. <laughs> it wasn't Hawkinson, and we know that. But. Look, this Vikings team is, like I said, is very talented, and, and you want to protect your guy, which is, which is、uh, Kirk Cousins. You got to protect him. You got to make sure he gets in the rhythm. You got to make sure he's feeling comfortable. And I think the way you do that, looking at Wink Martindale, he's built in over 43% you know, for, for the year. That's very consistent. And he was over 50% in that first game, by every, the way. Every single game. And they timed up some of those blitzes perfectly with these screens. And I don't see them changing that. And maybe they add a couple more screens into their packages. And then on the other hand, like I said, the Giants, the, Daniel Jones is a very good middle of the field passer. Right. Especially in that short to intermediate、mm-hmm. area. He's very good with the slants, with the in cuts, with the over routes. Like he's very good with square ins and he's very good. He has to be a little bit more accurate, more consistently. I think he threw the one, maybe more bad, but the one bad pass over the middle that was on Hodgins' hip. Yep. And, and that's Peterson why Peterson inter- got the pick. Intercepted it.、Mm-hmm. Like, and, and the thing is, I just think that Daniel Jones is going to look at that and be like, 
I'm not doing that again. Hope not. I'm not going to do that again. Because <laughs> I feel like that's what he's done this year. I feel like he's looked at his past self and looked like, I'm not doing these mistakes. And maybe it's Dayball doing that. Maybe it's Dayball like, hey, look, you can't do this. Like he did the first game. Went over to him like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't th- throw passes like that. You put us in a very bad situation. You know, and I feel like, look, he's a very, Daniel Jones is a very accountable person. I think that comes from Dayball. I think that's the guys that he want. Davis Webb after the game, after the Eagles game, he said, I got to play better. Bro, you're a third-string quarterback. <laughs> you know what I mean? You played against the best team in the league with their starters. But he's accountable. The Giants team is accountable. I think that's the reason why they got better. So I think, look, offensively for the Giants, you got to get Saquon going. You got to get Saquon going. Protect Daniel Jones. Give Evan Neal some help. I think you throw some screens in there, especially if they're going to try to attack Evan Neal with maybe pressure. But look, they didn't have to do that last time. They had their Daniel Hunter. He killed Evan Neal. You know what I mean? So you got to protect this kid. Protect him, you know, and have him confident early. Run the ball. Run at them. Run to his side because he can lean on people. It's hard for him to go back and change direction laterally and push off that leg. That would be hard. But run towards his direction. Give him some confidence. Let him get some pancakes early. That will help him in the pass game too. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, you know what I mean. Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get to the phones. 201-939-4513. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar, new and improved. Zero never tasted so good. Folks, go subscribe to the Giant Settle Podcast. Boy, we've had a cavalcade of episodes today. Pearson can barely keep up with all of them. Uh, today, uh, Kevin Burkhart's going to be going up. That'll be going up late Thursday afternoon. Uh, he's calling the game for Fox with their number one crew. Uh, I worked with KB back when he was at FAN like 20 years ago. So we, 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 we caught up a little bit. It was a lot of fun. A couple days ago, Chris Sims joined the show from NBC Sports. Saw that. We did like a big X's and O's breakdown of that first matchup to kind of figure out what's going to happen in this game. Really good. If you guys are into that sort of stuff, go check it out. He was awesome. Uh, of course, he's still a Giant fan because his dad was the quarterback here, obviously. So um, that was a really fun talk. He's a then, Jersey boy. Yep, absolutely. And then um, we have our show from last night. That was on FAN from 7 to 9. Mike Kafka, Wink Martindale, Darius Slayton, DJ Envy. Uh, they all joined us on that show. Nice, that's up there on the Giants Huddle nice. podcast. So that's the previous one on there. Then go back and, and make sure you watch that Chris Sims one as well. And those are all on the YouTube uh, channel too. So make sure you go check that out. All right, let's go to the phones at 201 939 4513. 
and go to Phil in North Carolina. He's going to lead us off. Hey, Phil. Hey, guys. Um, listen, early in the year I called, and I was complaining about too much reliance on the 11 personnel and uh, because our receivers were all decimated and hurt and stuff, and we didn't rely enough on the two tight end set. And so I find it interesting that we're actually productive now in the 11 uh, after being in it all year because the receivers are getting more familiar with the routes and, and Daniel is, is get, reading them good. Well, Phil, I, so I, I honestly, Phil, I think the reason is that they finally found three guys. Like, it was, a, it was a carousel, right? I mean, different starters every week. It's Marcus Johnson. It's David Sills. It's Kenny Galladay. You know, these three guys have kind of been the guys now for the better part of a month. And I, and I think that's kind of the big reason here. And, and you know, they all have their individual roles. Hodgins is the bigger possession guy. Richie James is the quick slot guy. And Slayton's the speed guy. And they all have roles, and they all kind of complement each other. I think that's why it's working better, because they finally actually found three wide receivers that work well together. It took a long time. It, it did, and, and I agree with you. And I, I find it interesting, though, the coaches, I guess they're – they they persisted in going with the eleven till finally it clicked. So you know they're much wiser than me because I was saying why aren't we why aren't we using the two tight end set with you know and well and Phil here's the, the problem. They didn't have tight ends either. Right, I was just about to say that. Like, you got Bellinger, and then you got Cager, well, and you Bellinger got Bellinger was out Myrick, for five right. weeks. You got Myrick, and then like Hudson. Yeah, yeah. Tanner Hudson was here earlier in the year. Like, you got Lawrence but, but look, Cager. The, I mean, those yeah. guys aren't big, strong tight ends like Bellinger. Bellinger's a big, strong man that plays tight end. He's huge, and he's a good receiving threat too. They didn't really have that, and this is a group that I feel like they didn't know who they had in the beginning of the year. They're trying to find out who are players for them. I think for the whole roster. To be you know, and that <laughs> took a long time. Mm-hmm. And look, Isaiah Hodgins was here in November. His best game was against the Vikings. He had a career day against the Vikings. Receiving yards and receptions. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where you get that confidence from, not just from him, but for that quarterback-receiver relationship. And I feel like that has been a question for all the receivers basically the entire year. And then you got to look at year's end to be like, oh, all right, Richie James actually had a pretty solid year this year. I talked about it last week. Couple fumbles, a couple drops. You take those away. He had a tremendous year for a young receiver. Hodgins comes in. He's starting to do better. He's scoring touchdowns for the Giants. He's a deep threat for the Giants. Slayton up and down, but look, he's still there. He's still one of the guys that can threaten you deep, you know. And he'll catch the ball every now and again when it goes deep to him, you know. And then you got Kenny Galladay. I don't know how much he's going to play this week. I was just so happy to see him get a touchdown. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I was just so happy to see him get a touchdown, and maybe let's see if he gets some playing time and actually gets some PT because he has confidence now. That Let me tell you something. Him catching that touchdown pass was so huge for him. You know, and that's – I got to know him for one night, you know, and I got around. I'm a little sucker for talking to people and be like, man, I know him, man. He's a good dude, you know, and I feel, I really feel like he's a good dude, you know, and I think you saw that after you caught the ball and you seen Dayball come talk to him, you seen the players come talk to him and congratulate him because they know, man, it's rough. And if you're actually going out there working every single day and you have nothing to show for it, that's very demoralizing to you. Not just to your mental, but to your soul. You know, so this was good for him. And look, I hope he gets some plays this weekend. And if he can be anything what he was in Detroit, oh man, that could be scary. That could be real scary. Phil, we 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 totally hijacked that conversation from you. <laughs> 
What else do you have? I'm no, sorry. No, 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 it's, it's great. It, no, it's great stuff, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you know, so I'm, I got two quick points. So I wonder, though, you know, the, the first time we played the Vikings, we had the open concept. And, and as you know, yesterday, John, when you were talking to Chris Sims or the day before, he said, don't, even though Minnesota's weak on, in that area, don't necessarily go put all your chips in that basket. You know, keep your identity and do that, and you'll be able to be successful. So I thought that was an excellent point. Yeah, Phil, and his bigger point was basically, look, the Vikings' defense isn't really good at anything, so you choose how to attack them based on what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Don't let them dictate how you're going to play based on maybe what their bigger weakness is. It's not like they're good against the run either. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And the last thing, just real quick, is – on target percent, uh, Daniel Jones, if you look at pro football reference, on target percentage, uh, Daniel Jones is number one. Well, and Phil, and, and, look, right. and, and, and look, he's been great this year, but a big reason of that is he also has one of the lowest average depth of targets in the league. Yeah. He just doesn't throw it down the field. So when you're throwing shorter passes, you're on target rate, and completion percentage is generally going to be higher. Yeah, but, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of bodies in there. Oh, Those sure. are very, like, timing passes. That's why I was like, Thanks, he's Phil. good over the middle. But those aren't as easy as people make it seem. Oh, no, they're not easy. You know, like if you Correct. go to the park, right? You go to the park and you got a guy running deep route. Just throw it deep and he'll be able to catch it. If he runs across the field at full speed, that's a very difficult throw to throw. Mm-hmm. And just go and do it. Just go try to do it. Let's go, Schmelke. Let's go try to throw a dig route across the middle. <laughs> I'm not going to make you run full speed. You're going to pop the other Achilles. <laughs> Come on, bro. Don't do me like that. <laughs> don't do me like that in front of all these people. <laughs> We can sit Pearson. He's young. He won't hurt himself. It's fine. All right. Let's go to uh, Gino in South Plainfield. He's up next. Hey, Gino. Middlesex. Hey, how's, hey, how's it going, guys? I just What's up, Gino? Yes, it is. No, so I just wanted to say, you know, the with the Minnesota Vikings line being kind of beat up, I mean, yeah, they're going to be good on the left side with left tackle, but right tackle is going to have a third stringer, and it looks like center's probably going to have a third stringer. Is Wink going to disguise some blitzes that – are really going to get after Kirk Cousins because I felt like we did a good job of it last time that maybe we can do an even better job this time. Yeah, Gino, well, it it looks like, just just FYI, it looks like Garrett Bradbury, their normal starter at center, could play. And Chris Reed, who would be the center if Bradbury can't go, has played a lot better than Schlottman did. So I wouldn't necessarily call him a third stringer because I think he's actually better than the guy that played in the last game the Giants played against the Vikings. Uh, At right tackle, though, you're right. Um, they might get um, their the guy who would be their quote unquote backup back this week. He was kind of activated to practice from injured reserve, and I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head. I have it in my little piece here. Um, but if not, it will be Eli Udo. He started 16 games for them at right guard last year and struggled. Um, so yes, I think that's something they can you know certainly take advantage of in that game. Um, Brandle, Billy Brandle, that's the guy that might get back to to possibly be. He backed up Darisol at left tackle and started three games early in the year, then he got hurt. He might come back. But, no, you're right. Look, and, Gino, I think those are two spots where you can see the Giants' defense attack. Dexter Lawrence, even though he had no sacks in that first game, Jonathan, you watched the tape as well as I did. He was in that backfield the whole game. He dominated. And the Vikings' tackles, frankly, shut down the Giants' head rushers in that game. But Brian O'Neill's not there now. So maybe Thibodeau or Ojolari going up against that right tackle, whether it's Udo or Brandel, those guys will have a chance to get home. Yeah, absolutely, and and these guys have a lot of confidence as the season progressed on. Their health is getting better in in Aziz and um, in Kayvon Thibodeau, and look, they like these guys. 
the younger generation, they they go off momentum, they go off confidence, they go off bravado. Yeah, they'll know and they better. have that. They have that, and it's fl- it's flourishing through them right now. It's pour it's pouring through the, it's, it's seeping through their pores, you know, and. That, it bodes very well for them, especially early in the game where they can actually do something against these tackles. Darisol is very good, by the way. Right, the at the end of the day, some of these mm-hmm. guys that's been in the league for a while, like if you play left, left tackle in the league for years, you're going to see the greatest athletes in the world that play defensive end. And you have a confidence knowing that I can handle any one of these guys. But when you're young and you don't know any better, like I said, you don't know any better, you're going to attack him. You're going to give him all your best moves. And if you're healthy, them, the, the moves are going to work. You know, and I think Kayvon, he's at the point now where he, I think he understands his capability and he knows that he can make plays at this level. And I think, look, I think these guys can take over the game. I'm, I know how – when I got here in 2015, they gave us a good history about the New York Giants. I knew about them, but I knew about them a little more. And what I know about the New York Giants is that they're led by the defensive line. I'm going to keep saying this because this is true. The defensive line will win this game for the New York Giants. And that's Kayvon, that's Dexter, Sexy Dexy Lawrence. Leo. Leo, Jahab Ward, Ojolari. Those are the guys that's going to wreck havoc against the Vikings. And I expect them to play very well this weekend. What else you got, Gino? So, no, that was it. That's what I wanted to get after. That's old-school Giants football. It's mm-hmm. all about the defense. I'm happy to hear it. Thanks, boys. Let's go Giants. And, uh, Thanks, Gino. Let's go beat those purple-wearing guys up in Minnesota. Yes, sir. Let's do it. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think you could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. But Steven in Barcelona, overseas, got to get him in before that phone bill gets racked up here. Steven, what's going on? Oh, not much. It's, it's weird. I'm listening to you on, the other, on my computer and you're behind or whatever, so I don't know. Yep, that's the, the internet, Steven. Things don't go through that quickly. There's a process, and there's usually about a 30-second or minute delay. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I'm just wondering what you guys think. I know you mentioned about the depth of, of Jones's passes just a couple minutes ago. And, uh, hey, Steven, do I'm me a favor. Wondering. As you're on with us, can you turn the volume down on your computer? So yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to do that now. I'm going to do that. Thank you. All right, yeah, go ahead. I turned it off. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm just wondering, the NFL, they put out these quarterback ratings every week, mm-hmm. and they have they not only have Kirk Cousins ahead of Daniel Jones, but they have Justin Fields and Brock Purdy ahead of Daniel Jones. And I'm just wondering – I don't know. I, there's different ways to look at it. I mean, wins is one thing, you know. Um, you know, numbers is one thing, you know. And uh, you know, one thing Parcells always stressed was uh, turnovers. You know, like the one year, like the 1990 team, we, we had like only 13 or 14 turnovers. So 
So I'm just wondering what you think about those ratings. Is this QBR or actual quarterback rating? Well, which one are you? Which one are you talking well, about? What is, they rank them. The NFL just has an, a subjective ranking that they put on NFL.com. They have it every week. Okay, it's a subjective ranking, and they have Brock Purdy, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Fields ahead of Daniel Jones. And I mean, well, no, well, well, well Stephen, real quick, what's your argument for why Daniel should be ahead of Kirk Cousins? Well, I think Kirk Cousins. Well, first of all, he throws a lot of interceptions. He's got a, he's got like a lot better receivers. He's got a better offensive line. No, no, no. no I get I get all that, but the old, like, if you look at all the numbers, the only thing Jones has done better than Cousins besides the picture this year is running it. In terms of a thrower, in terms of touchdowns, passing yards, throwing it down the Kirk field, Cousins. yards per attempt, Cousins has been significantly better than Jones. Now that doesn't mean he's a better quarterback. It means he's performed better this year. To your point, he's got better weapons and all that stuff. So I think that's probably what the I don't, I don't know what the rankings are can you're I, talking about. Can I but say something? Yeah, please, of course. I've never cared about those rankings or anything no. like that. There PFF, you go. Thank QBR, you. none of that stuff. Look, if the guy can throw a good ball, he can throw a good ball. If he takes care of the ball, he can take care right. of the ball. I never cared about that. Even when I was playing, I never cared about that. Maybe I should care about it more now because I'm on the media side, but I really don't, though. I really don't. And look, I think there can be a good argument to say I'd much rather have Daniel Jones than than Kirk Cousins for the next couple of years based on, you know, their tra- their career trajectory and stuff like that, but just based on performance this year and production, Cousins has been more productive than Jones been has been. One, one of the on most productive what about quarterbacks Brock in the league. Purdy? What about Brock Purdy? He he he's I mean he's won. He's won every game he's played in. That's what I look at. You know yeah, what I mean? Like actually, I look at stuff like that. Yeah, and he actually <laughs> he actually does lead the league in quarterback rating since he's he does. become a starter. Now again, I think Daniel Jones is a better I think quarterback. He, he's than averaging like nine yards per attempt or eight, nine yards, which is insane. No, which is really good. That's insane, but look at the guys he's throwing the ball to. Look at the running backs that he has. Yeah, he'll throw a two yard <laughs> pass and McCaffrey will run up for twenty yards. So again, I, I think it depends how you want to evaluate this, Stephen. Would I rather have Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy? Absolutely. And I think Jonathan probably yeah. would too. But based on what's around him and the production, I mean, Purdy's been phenomenal this year. He's, yeah. been, he's been great. He's undefeated. What they've asked him to do, he's been fantastic. He's the only quarterback right now that's undefeated. I'm just saying that. I don't know that, but he, he hasn't lost a game. Yeah, that sounds so. right. Why not? <laughs> just saying that. Okay, sure. Well, his numbers, weren't, his numbers aren't that great. I mean, I know he, he won six games. He won six games in a row. I know they won ten in a row, and he won six of them. So, all right. I just wonder what you guys thought. No, again, Stephen, I would not get, like, power rankings and stuff. This is my advice to you. And I don't know why I'm defending the power rankings. I hate these things, but I'm doing it, and I don't know why I'm doing it. You be on the numbers, though, Schmoke. I know. Look, I'm just trying to explain what their thought process is on these things. I don't necessarily agree with them. I'm just trying to explain to them what they are. But don't don't get yourself wrapped up into these, you know, complete – to your. I'll use your wording, Stephen. Subjective rankings from random people about who's better than who, none of that matters. It really is just a way to fill. As someone that has to produce content, it's a way to fill content yeah, and yeah. to get clicks. Right. That's what those things are for. Don't let them bother you. That would be my advice to you. Yeah, I agree. And, and the Giants are in the playoffs, so it doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> and trust me, da- right, sounds good. thank you, Stephen. Appreciate the call. And Daniel's going to get his money in the offseason. Yeah. He, yeah. He'll be fine. Yeah. And he'll be with the Giants and in one way, shape, or form, and they'll figure it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's all you should worry about. Wilson or Roxbury, he's up next. Hi, Wilson. Hopefully you're happy today. Hey, I'm very, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm very happy. Thanks, Dan. Hey, 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 and I will say something to Jonathan. Listen, Jonathan, man, I like your style, and you're making uh, you're making the, the Latino community very proud, man. So 
Keep it up, man. Wepa. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Appreciate uh, it. Listen, um, you know what's good about about talk radio is that you can kind of go back to it to the past and kind of look, you know, and kind of look to the future and kind of make predictions because uh, that's what it's all about. You know, you, you talk about things that might happen, might not happen. But uh, John, John, you remember Eli's Eli's first playoff against Carolina? I think wasn't he shut out? Oh my God! He was a horrible. I think he had three picks. Oh, okay. He threw for like a hundred yards. He he was a disaster. Right, right, right. And then the next year, when we go when we go to Tampa, uh, in the sec- in the second half, he kind of kind of turns kind of turns that that corner. Remember? Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and every and, and and everything after that is history. So listen. So it somehow. I mean, Daniel. Jones, I mean, Daniel. Daniel. I mean, the two different players. I mean, I think Daniel's a much better athlete and. And Daniel has a top ten arm, but uh, hopefully, I think we win the game. But let's say we, we win the game and we go to Philly if everything is according to plan, right? And somehow we tied in the fourth quarter with the with the, with the Eagles. I mean, for all the accolades that Jalen Hurts has gotten, he has as many playoffs wins as Daniel Jones. So in the fourth quarter, and obviously we're looking, everything's hypothetical, but not only will he be playing against the Giants, he'll be playing against against uh, uh, all the expectations and the crowd and everything. And I want to see how he performs. Because Daniel Jones, he's like even, he, I mean, he does, he does, you don't even know if Daniel Jones is winning the Super Bowl or if he lost by 30 points. He just looks the same. So I don't think that will affect him. And he's playing with house money, and and you know what? After that, it you know the ball can bounce anybody's way. But you know, it, it, you can you know. It, I mean, we you dissected the game so much already against against the Vikings that if you look maybe a little forward, you know, and 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 you we can go to the Eagles. Then hey, we got a chance. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, we definitely have a chance, but I don't want to look too far down the road, bro. We got a big game this weekend, my guy. You know, so look, I hear exactly what you're saying, but look, I'm gonna throw this. I'm gonna throw this name at you, and I'm gonna tell you, Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl. He won one, right? Aaron Rodgers could be regarded as one of the best players to ever play quarterback, right? With Peyton Manning. With Tom Brady, with all of that, he won four MVPs, right? Right. When he gets into the playoffs, he's not the same Aaron Rodgers anymore. I don't know what, what happens to him. I, I don't Jonathan. know. I, I don't. I don't know what, what's going on. But I. I don't. See, you don't. You can't predict that though. You can't predict. No, no, no. The only person you can predict what's going to happen because he's done it so many times is Tom Brady. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. <laughs> Dallas, be oh, concerned. <laughs> For sure. But, but and guys, Dallas has never beat uh, uh, Tom Brady. He's 3-0 against Dak Prescott. Look, right there, look, 7-0 against the career, against okay. the Cowboys. But, look, you never can predict it, you know. So, I hear what you're no. saying. But, like, we, we got our fingers crossed that Daniel Jones don't do that. That Daniel Jones shows no. up how we've seen him show up throughout this season. We want him to show right. up. He needs to show up. I feel pretty, you know, I have a, I have a lot of concerns about this game. And that's actually that's not one I'm of them. Not that I, I, I'm on the same page. I'm, I'm not concerned about Daniel. But I've been surprised not. about lesser, you know, things that maybe it'd be, you know, like Odell with, with that happening, you know, in, in the sure. playoffs that year, you know. No. And you, you can never right. predict no, no. these things. But what I'm going to tell you, don't look uh-huh. towards the Eagles quite yet. Thank Let's you. Let's finish this week first because I'm with you. No, no. I think, look, I think the Giants can go ahead and go down to Minnesota. 
beat them. Mm-hmm. And I think they can drive down to 95 and beat them. I think they can do that. But let's just worry right. about this Vikings team first. They're good enough right, right, right. And, and that's for us to what focus I said. on them. <laughs> no, and that's what I said that was good about radio is that you can kind of, you can kind of just, you know, think about the future. I mean, I know you don't want to, but I just figured just to change things up a little. But what I'm saying is that, you know, listen, Eli, for, for every, you know, for all, you know, every, I mean, my God, people, you, you, there's still people that, that think that Eli Manning is not a whole, Hall of Fame quarterback because it's just the negative, because he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, he didn't run around or anything. But every time when Eli played Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers crumbled like a cookie. He was complaining all day long, and Eli, Eli was Eli. That's why the Giants won. Except well, the last all I'm time. saying is that, right, all I'm saying is that, you know, I mean, they're putting Jalen Hurts as a top five quarterback. What if it's granted? If if it's a, if it's if it's merited, or not, I don't know, and I don't really care about Philadelphia. But what I'm saying is, if 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 we get to that game in the four, and if we tied in the fourth quarter, Daniel Jones is gonna be Daniel Jones. That I have no doubt about it. But Jalen Hurts. You, I mean, listen, it's going to be a lot of pressure, and, and, to, and he can either play good or he can crumble because we don't know. Thank you, Wilson. Appreciate the call. I just take what he said and just put Kirk Cousins there. <laughs> He's talking about Jalen Hurts. And by the way, Jalen Hurts, there. he played in a couple big college football games in his career. What huge. Just a couple. A couple of national championships. <laughs> That's it. You know. I don't think the pressure is going to bother Jalen Hurts. I don't think so. I don't think now, so either. I think his shoulder, if he can't run the ball, yeah. could bother Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I don't think the pressure is going to bother Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You know, look, everything he said, he made valid points. But, like, you could just. Instead of saying the Eagles, just say the Vikings. Yeah. Please. Instead of saying Jalen yes, Hurts, just say please. just say yes. just say Kirk Cousins. Yes, times a and thousand. That that yes. applies to this week. Like, why are you skipping this week, my guy? Kirk Cousins can fold. We've seen him fold. We've seen him not play well. We've seen him throw terrible passes. Oh, we've had three games this year where the game just got away from the Vikings. They got lit up by the Packers when they were trying to bury Green Bay. Right. Dallas annihilated, annihilated them. them. And then I think Philly. Did Philly and was it Philly first, that annihilated first half them? versus the Colts was like. The first half against the Whoa. Colts, right, 100%. And they had one of the game, I think, where they got blown out. I'll look it up. Maybe it was, I got to, to double-check which game it was. But, you know, I might be thinking about the first half of that Colts game. 24-7, Eagles beat them. Yeah, uh, so it was good First game points. of the year, right? First game, was that week one? September 19th. And, or oh, whatever. Yeah, that week two. Early. Close. Week two. No, you're close. Um, but you, that's, what, that's what I, look, I think the Giants are capable of doing that to the Minnesota Vikings. I right. think they're capable of doing that. You know, am I going to predict that? Maybe not, but I think they're capable of doing that. You know, we. This is. I heard people saying, "Oh, this could be easy." This, first of all, there's no easy games in the NFL, especially right? not in the playoffs. Definitely now. not in the playoffs. No. I, and, and they got 13 wins, guys. Like, come on, don't show some respect. Giants fans out there, don't say this is an easy game. Show some right? respect, please. But listen, this yes. is my coach who said to me in high school. We used to beat everybody by like 40, 50 points. He said, "Just because it's not easy, don't mean it got to be close." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I say to the Giants. Look, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Every single play is going to be hard. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be tough. It's going to be the, one of the best teams that you win against because they're a playoff team, right? They're number two seed. Yep. Three seed. Three seed. Two, three, three, seed. Seed. three seed. They're number three seed. They're a good team. Top three in the NFC, right? But just because it's not going to be easy, that don't mean it got to be close. If you handle your business, play mistake-free football, mental error-free football, and do what you're supposed to do, you can beat the brakes off this team. But if you don't do that, you can get blown out by this team because they can do it. The Vikings can score a lot of points quickly, and their defense 
has guys, like I said. Well, just look at the first half of the Colts game versus the second exactly. half of the Colts game. They literally showed it to you in exactly. one game. You got to play four quarters <laughs> or five. You got to play four to five right. quarters or more than that in the playoffs. Is that right? Is there more? How does that work? I'm sorry. Segue real quick. How does overtime work in the playoffs? I don't uh, know the answer to that question. They just keep playing. They they, 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 uh, they do a regular old time and then another old time like the same. Is it ten minutes or I think it's a fifteen minute quarter. I believe I will double check that when we get our next call. Both teams get a possession now, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but but, but yeah, both teams get a possession. But I think what Jonathan was asking about in terms of like whether or not you know there's a tie at the end or anything. But obviously, there's not. Like, can can we do seven quarters? Like, can yeah, that happen? I think so. That I can think, happen. I think you just keep playing. Just until keep you get going. A winner. Yeah, there isn't like a penalty kick. Right, situation right. Like college, just keep going. Right. Yeah, correct. Until you got to go for two. Right. Uh, yeah, I I, I want to double check the time. In each quarter, the, the the time in the overtime period, I'm not sure exactly what, what that is. What what was that Donovan McNabb that didn't know there yeah, was a tie? That's correct. And he's not the only one. There's been other guys too, by the way. I think that's hilarious. But the thing is, I played in the NFL nine years. I didn't know right. what happens in playoff when you go to overtime and it, and it tied at the end of overtime. What do you do after that? Go to another overtime, clearly, right, Schmelke? Yep. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. But look, like I said, the Giants can get it done, you know, but also the Vikings are a great team. They're not a good team. They're a great team. You know, they, they have the number three seed. That means they're a top six team in the NFL. Like, that's just what it is. That's just numbers. That's facts. You know, and they have a lot of talent all throughout their roster. But they can be exposed, which they have been multiple times this season. You know, and the Giants are – believe it or not, the Giants got momentum even after that loss. You know, I think that the locker room is – the closest they've ever been. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like they have a lot of confidence. I feel like Dayball has a lot of confidence, and they know who their guys are now. The question throughout the whole season was, who are the guys? Who are the guys on offensive line? Who's playing left guard? Who's playing center for us the whole year? Who, you know, Who's playing receiver and for us? And by the us? way, Dayball hinted at his presser this week, by the way, that they might stop that rotation at left guard. Now, I wouldn't say who the player would be that would get most of the snaps. My guess is that it would be Nick Gates. But... So many but, questions. Middle yeah, linebacker, correct. right? With, with the health along the defensive line. When is Aziz going to come back, right? Mm-hmm. Xavier McKinney's out. Who's going to play safety? Like, the corner. Dory Jackson's out. Who's going to play corner? So many questions. Minus Adore, because Adore might not play this weekend. Everybody is healthy that's on the active roster right now, which is incredible because the Giants, they've struggled with attrition the entire year. Now, finally, you get a chance. So first of all, you clinch the number six seed in week 617. Then you got one more week to play against a number one seed, potential number one seed. The Giants rest their starters, which was insane. And then the the, the number one seed was fighting for their playoff lives. Not, not that it was going to be knocked out the playoffs, but if they would have lost that number one seed, that would have been tragic for the, the Eagles. But the Giants, you know, they went in there. They put forth a valiant effort with twos and threes playing against the number one seed. And I'm telling you, when you lose a game, Schmelk, you're, you can't help your face not to look stupid. You got, and I always say it, like when I watch games when I played in, I look like, look at my, I just look so stupid. Because you got this, <laughs> you got that dumb lost face, right? You're not happy. <laughs> the only time you smile is when you see somebody that you play with, and you go over there, you give him a hug, and you smile, and as soon as you finish with him, you your dumb face again. <laughs> there wasn't no dumb faces, Schmelke. No, there no there wasn't no faces. stupid faces after the game. And I'm like, okay, this is good. This is really good. You know, you don't want never want to lose a game, but you, when you go into it like a preseason game, right? And you play your reserves, and you you don't start guys, you don't play guys that are healthy, then you're not really taking that game seriously. But to see them lose against this very talented Eagles team. Rightfully the number one seed in the NFC, 
and you walk away from that game and no one's upset. And now, look, somebody's upset, but like what I'm saying is it's a feel that you have after you lose. There's a feel that you have after you win. Yeah, they didn't have the feeling that they won, but they didn't have the feeling that they lost. Yep. All right, playoff rules, Pearson's point. Both teams will get a possession no matter what. The overtime periods are 15 minutes instead of 10. Uh, each team will get three timeouts per half. So if you actually do get two overtime periods, it would be a two-minute warning at the end of the second 15-minute overtime period. So it's kind of like the game starts over. Okay. So that's basically Okay, see, see, see that's, that's information I didn't know. No, no, you know. I'm pretty sure... How many how many players in the league know that right now? What's the I, percentage? I'm not even gonna. I'm thinking ten percent. Yeah, I think you might be right. <laughs> I didn't want to be the one to say it though, but you said it because you're a former player. You could say it. I don't think that's coming after me. Big Blue Kickoff Live is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar, new and improved. Zero never tasted so good. Take your fan with the next level with a season ticket membership. Stay connected to the club all year round, not just on game days. Memberships are now available for the 2023 season. To learn more about all the exclusive member benefits, visit Giants.com/tickets. Limited inventory is available. And the Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. All right, we got one more call here. We'll see. We should be able to get him in here. Let's go to Manny in California. He'll wrap us up today. What's up, Manny? Hey, happy new year, guys. You too. John, you do a great job. And uh, Jonathan, you're a great addition to the to the Big Blue Kickoff Livecast. Thank you, sir. Help, help, help me off the shelf, guys. I, I, um, You're stuck next to the elf? I, I, <laughs> I stuck. Uh, I, I, I said, you know, before uh, the Washington game that we were going to make the playoffs, all my giant friends said, you know, you're, a, you're such a homer. We're, all, we're lost. And then when, uh, when we got it, I said, I hope we play the Vikings because I'm sure we can beat them. And now I'm, you know, I listen to the, your podcast with Chris Sims. I look at some of the guys on Bleacher Report and other people's predictions, and more people than not are predicting the Giants to win. Yeah, it's worrisome. It is. Yeah. It, yeah, I'm a little nervous about that. <laughs> no, Manny, I agree with you. And it's it funny. Scares the hell out of me. Yeah. It, 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 and look, I, I realize this is nonsensical and has no impact on the game, and I get all that. I don't like that either. You know, the Giants are un- technically underdogs in this game. I want no part of everyone picking the Giants. The Giants should win this game, <clears throat> Paul Dottino. I don't want to be hearing that anywhere, all right? It's going to be a hard game. You go out there and you play. And I think Jonathan kind of got to this earlier when he made the point. Don't sound so confident about this, all yeah. right? They have a better record than the Giants. <laughs> they look. They is, beat the Giants already. And I think you put it the right way, Manny. Is this game the Giants most certainly can win? Yes. Is this a game that they yeah. should win or definitely going to win, easily win? No. No, 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 no. So, yes, I think all of us, Manny, yeah. are on exactly the same pitch. Yeah. Thank you. I want to leave you with one, with a couple of things for you guys to either do on the website or, or, or to check you on your own. Sure. Over-under, I say we get three sacks in this game. I say that their right tackle has two Penalties, at least one holding, and at least one, if not more, false starts. And I'll leave you with that, and let's go Giants. Lennon, Columbia, Maryland, I'm with you, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> right. I like, I like you, his baby. mindset. I like yeah, how he's too. thinking about this game. Totally agree. I, I love it. I love it because, look, we, we, we're going to go over under. We're going to do all that stuff on, on game. I'm game. going over the three sacks. I'm definitely going over on three sacks, you know, and, and – 
the Giants, I feel like, like I said, the defensive line for the Giants, I'm just so happy that they have, like, the guys now. You know, like, it, it was a question about Aziz kind of all year, and then Kayvon's knee with the knee brace and the, the knee injury he had, and even Leo with his neck. And Dexter Lawrence kind of been, you know, the consistent one there the entire Consistently time. Consistently awesome. Right, and yeah. you take those four guys, and you, I threw Jahad Warden there too because he does a tremendous job whenever he's in. No, he, he is a very big role. Right, 100%. so you throw those five guys, I'm and I'm, no, no disrespect to anybody else on the defensive line. I'm just talking about those top guys. You throw them in with Wink Martindale's brain in his defense with those guys that can blitz on the outside. And, and we've talked about this before. Whenever you send a corner that wears a 20 number or not, sometimes single numbers, and I guess we got a 44 number too, the 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 offensive line don't account for those guys. And they be free a lot. So they got to be able to hit those those paths with, false, with little false steps because Kirk Cousins is a veteran. He is a veteran. And if you're free, he's going to see you. He's going to know that you're coming. And he's going to get that ball out quick. But if you don't miss a step, that's going to fluster him. And – I think like I said, Wink Martin, I think, does a tremendous job in calling these blitzes up. The main thing that he does, I feel like, he sends like a Landon or a linebacker. That gets five against five. That is one-on-one -on -one for the entire line. Giants win that the entire game. If they can create one-on-ones with Dexter Lawrence and all of the guys that his name on the defensive line, the Giants, I'm telling you, they will beat the brakes off the Vikings. If the Vikings can counter that, call blitzes at the right time, and do something good against Wink's pressure and not leave the guys one-on-one, -on -one, then the Vikings will be able to have a good game against the Giants. I think that's how it's going to go. All right, give me your – you have 90 seconds. Give me your final thoughts. That that was kind of my final okay, thoughts there right go. there. That was kind of my final thoughts. Look, I, cool. look, I think this game – like I said, the Giants can go ahead and win this game for sure. The Vikings can win this game. The Giants can go down there and beat the brakes off of them, but so can the Giants get blown out because the Vikings' offense is explosive at times. The best receiver in the NFL, hands down, a very, tight end, a very talented tight end that gave us problems the first game. So the Giants have to be on point. No special teams BS either. No drop punts, no block punts, no fake, fail fakes. You know what I mean? Like If you're going to fake it, then you got to convert it. If you, because I, I don't, I don't mind a fake. I love stealing possessions. I think that's key in the NFL. That'll work though, especially with the offense that is talented as the Vikings is. You know, so let's be on point. Let's run the ball and let's get the dub. Let's get the dub and let's move on. JC, good stuff. You can see this man along with myself and Lance Benoit and Paul Dottino on our pregame show on WFAN. Again, the kickoff, I think it's technically now 440, but we have it set up for 430. So we're going to be live at 215 on WFAN. If you're on our radio network out of network, we'll start at 330. Make sure you check that out. You can find it streaming on the Odyssey app via WFAN.com as well. So make sure, again, you check us out. We'll be on uh, starting at 215 on Sunday afternoon. And I'll be back with Lance Meadow tomorrow for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live, which is brought to you by Pepsi Zero Sugar. New and improved. Zero never tasted so good. Tomorrow at 1230. Make sure you check it out. We'll put a bow on the week of prep for Giants and Vikings, and I'll make sure we get to plenty of your calls right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. For Jonathan Casillas, I am John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.